Funding for this edition of Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been provided by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Here when you need us most, now and always. The New Jersey Economic Development Authority. Valley Bank. The Turrell Fund. Supporting Reimagine Child Care. PSE&G. Committed to providing safe, reliable energy, now and in the future. The Russell Berry Foundation. Making a difference. The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Johnson & Johnson. And by Caldwell University. Promotional support provided by NJ.com. Keeping communities informed and connected. And by BestOfNJ.com. All New Jersey in one place. This is Think Tank. I'm Steve Adubato. That is Nicole Swinerton, our co-anchor and executive producer. Listen, this is one of those rare think tanks here on News 12 Plus that has four guests. I mean, it moves quickly, but really powerful content. Talk about it. That's right. So first up, we have Dr. Marie Nevin from Summit Medical Group, and she's talking all about diabetes and how folks with diabetes who are, are struggling with diabetes are being impacted um, disproportionately by COVID. And really what it comes down to is they're not more likely to get COVID, but they're more likely to suffer from the consequences of COVID. Next up, we have Amanda Missy from the Bergen Volunteer Medical Initiative. And she's talking all about um, their great uh, initiative where they're bringing um, healthcare to the public and to the community in Bergen County. Doctors, nurses, yeah. others volunteering it's a great to make a difference in the lives of others who don't have quality health care. What about Allie Richards from up in Vermont? This is part of our reimagined child care initiative with the uh, Terrell Fund. Uh, it's called Let's Kids Grow. Let, let's Grow Kids. I'll get that right. I've only been doing this 30 years. So what's that initiative about? It's all about uh, creating a model for child care. And we see Vermont as, as a really great model for um, how child care can be accessible, accessible and affordable. And um, the country really looks to Vermont as, as a model for that and how we can make it better for the community, which will in turn make it better for the economy and everybody. And, you know, by the way, just to remind folks, our Reimagine Child Care Initiative is something we've been involved in for many years. Uh, it used to be called Right from the Start NJ. It's got a new name but the commitment is just the same. Uh, and finally, we talked about film and television in New Jersey with? Stephen Gorelick from the New Jersey Motion Picture and Television Commission. And he talked all about how the production industry has been impacted by COVID-19. But as we move forward into the future, it's, uh, it's an exciting time for film and television. And Who are our we, sponsors? Yeah, we would love to thank Horizon, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, Valley Bank, the Turrell Fund supporting Reimagined Childcare, and the Russell Berry Foundation. Also, PSEG, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Johnson & Johnson, Caldwell University. Why don't you throw it to the show? Go ahead. And next up, you'll see Think Tank. I could have done that. I'm telling you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Adubato. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, kick off our program today with Dr. Marie Nevin, who is Department Chair of Endocrinology at Summit Medical Group. Good to see you, Dr. Nevin. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. 
Well, our focus today is on diabetes and also the connection between COVID and diabetes. First, define diabetes, if you will. Uh, diabetes is an abnormality in blood glucose or blood sugar level. It comes about from either uh, the body not making enough insulin, as in type 1 diabetes, or in type 2 diabetes, it comes about because the body isn't able to use the insulin. Why is it a serious health problem? I know it's affected our family, and that's the only reason I'm aware of it, and we're one of millions across the country across the world. Why is it important? Well, it's important for the patient because they may not feel well if their blood sugars are high. You know, they may not be thinking well, they may be urinating too much, they may be, uh, you know, a little irritable, their family might say, if their blood sugars are high. And also diabetes has far-reaching effects in the body other than how the patient feels. If the blood sugars are high over a prolonged period of time, you know, it can cause blindness, kidney failure, heart disease, nerve damage. So unfortunately, it, it has its tentacles in all of the body, you know, wrecking havoc um, if the blood sugars left, uh, you know, high. Let me ask you this. There are some of our friends who are, have been diagnosed as, quote, pre-diabetes. So if you're pre-diabetic or you don't want to be connected to diabetes at all, is it, first of all, that's a complicated question. If you're pre-diabetic, can you avoid getting on medication by diet, exercise, et cetera? I know it's case to case, I know. Well, it, that's a great question. It's a really important question. Um, the I would back one step and, and try to have everybody, you know, try to assess, do they have risk for diabetes? What are the risk factors? The risk factors would be, you know, family history. That's probably the biggest risk factor in addition to weight. So, you know, if your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister had type two diabetes, it needs to be on your radar that this is something that you might be at risk for. If you're overweight, you know, if you try to look towards a, you know, achieving a healthy weight, follow the Mediterranean diet, you know, that's eating all those uh, fruits and veggies that are colorful with protein, staying away from simple sugars, um, try to drink water instead of soda or fruit juice. So all these uh, are risk factors, nice. And they can be, you know, lower your personal risk for having diabetes. Also, you know, again, know your history. If you're a woman and you had gestational diabetes, that puts you at personal risk when you're older for developing type 2 diabetes. So, I mean, the most important factor besides, you know, exercising, try to get out there, especially in our lives today that we're sitting behind the desktop or the uh, laptop is try to push away from the computer before you sit down for the day, try to walk and uh, try to do it at lunchtime. Give yourself that mental break and that will make your own insulin work better, lowering your risk. Doctor, the connection between COVID and diabetes, everyone knows if you're following the news, let me try this way. Why are people with diabetes more, quote, susceptible to COVID and its impact? So, you know, looking at the question, you know, the studies, the information that we have at hand right now 
is that people who have diabetes, they may not be necessarily at user risk for getting the illness, right? But they are unfortunately at greater risk for complications. So if they have diabetes and especially if their blood sugars are high, out of control, they may have a really tough time you know, fighting COVID. So they can have pulmonary complications, meaning lung, you know, cardiac, they can have a heart attack more easily than someone else or kidney damage, renal failure. So unfortunately, we want to encourage all of our patients who have diabetes to, you know, get a handle on their blood sugars to give them a fighting chance should they develop COVID. Real quick, before they go, and by the way, Summit Medical Group uh, supporting our healthcare program. I want to be really clear about that. Telehealth matters and still relevant even after the vaccine? Uh, telehealth was really, I would say, a bright spot, you know, in the landscape of uh, the pandemic. It really rocketed in terms of importance. It had been stagnating for a while, um, but it really, within a day or two, we left our offices and we were seeing you know, patients on various platforms on our computers. So it really helped us reach out to our most vulnerable patients, you know, our elderly patients, pregnant patients, patients who were sick, either with COVID or other acute illnesses, or people who had chronic illnesses that really need that touch point with That's their right. physician or other healthcare providers. So I hope that after the pandemic is, uh, over and things look brighter next right. year. Yes. That we'll have an opportunity to reach out, especially to our most vulnerable patients through this uh, platform. Dr. Marie Nevin, diabetes and everything connected to it. Cannot thank you for educating us. All the best. We appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Good luck. Thanks for bringing Thanks. all these good uh, information to our patients. We're trying. We'll be right back right after this. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. We're now joined by Amanda Missy, President and CEO of an organization called Bergen Volunteer Medical Initiative. Amanda, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Tell everyone what your organization is and why it matters so much. Well, it matters a lot right now because we are a healthcare center that is providing free healthcare to low-income working Bergen County residents who don't have health insurance. So uh, COVID has made it even more important than we'd be here than ever. You know, um, what's really interesting to me is people here at Bergen County, I'm over in Essex County, people here at Bergen, they go, oh, it's, it's pretty wealthy county, you know. Not just, it's not that simple. It is not. There are pockets of poverty in Bergen County, just like there are everywhere. Uh, they might be a little better hidden there, hi hidden here than they are other places, but there are absolutely people who do not have the resources to get healthcare or food or any of the other things that many of us take for granted. 
So let's talk about some of the folks on the team. It takes more than a village, in fact. 125 volunteers? Actually, we have 150 volunteers. Um, about half of them are clinical volunteers, so doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners. Um, and then we have another 75 volunteers who um, they might be interpreting, doing clerical work, uh, calling patients. So we've got a lot of volunteers. With all the pressure on healthcare professionals facing dealing with COVID, we're taping this at the end of 2020, be seen in 2021. Everyone's fingers are crossed about the vaccine, but it doesn't make everything go away all at once. And these folks have been under pressure for so long. Why would so many volunteer, in addition to their quote unquote regular job? Why would they do it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so many of our volunteers are retired. So they don't have to trudge into work every day and, and be you know just assaulted by COVID. Um, but we do have a number of people who are working and um, I think they come here because this is medicine like they've always wanted to practice it. Uh, because the care is free, we're not billing anybody. We are not worried about insurance companies or you know, submitting insurance paperwork. Um, it is just one-on-one -on -one with the patients. They get to spend lots of time with them. And I think it's really fulfilling for them. Mm. You know, we're, we're a not-for-profit, you're a not-for-profit. Uh, nonprofits across the state and the nation are struggling to try to keep our doors open, do what we're doing. And if we're not for the corporate and foundation community, I don't know how we would do what we do. Where does your support come from? Well, um, we get a lot of support from individuals. Uh, this year, we have gotten lots of support from foundations, which is wonderful. Um, you know, Horizon Foundation, the Berry Foundation, um, Valley Bank, like so many people have jumped in to help us, um, particularly when the pandemic started. We actually launched a telehealth program in early April. we have never done it before. Um, there was a lot that we had to do to get that going, and our foundation and corporate supporters just really stepped up and helped us. And by the way, only because they support us as well, PSEG, is it the foundation there that's supportive? Yes, it is the foundation at PSEG that supports us. We we have just been, the New, Jer uh, the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund came to With, our uh, rescue this lady, year. I'm sorry for interrupting. The New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund that the First Lady Tammy Murphy is leading Take a look at our website, steveautobotter.org. You'll see the graphic there. We've done several interviews with the First Lady about that initiative and why it's so important. So a big part of your job, as it is for me, is fundraising, right? Yes, a very big part of my job is fundraising. Are we in some sort of fraternity sorority that it's not that you want to be in, we have to be in because you've heard that expression, no money, no mission. No mission, that's right, that's right. It's Although not a cliche, I, it's true. I have to say that that's actually one of the best parts of my job is talking to funders, um, you know, letting them know what their support can help us accomplish. So it's so interesting. You know, not only don't you resent it, you appreciate being able to tell folks how dollars are being spent. Absolutely. And we do such a good job with the money. I mean, every dollar that they invest here goes a really long way. It actually only costs about $1,000 a year to take care of one of our patients. So um, Explain that to us real quick. Got a few seconds left. How does that work? $1,000? $1,000 pays for a patient to come here as often as they need to to get whatever kind of medical care they need. Um, and that's because we are volunteer supported. 
and um, you know we don't have to pay a lot in salaries. So it, it, it's just a great way to invest money and, and get a big bang for your buck. And Amanda, we've actually had your website up. So if people want to find out more and find out how they can be supportive and helpful, part of what we are doing um, is an ongoing series. It's been over a decade, simply called Making a Difference, tied to the Russell Berry uh, Initiative called the, um, the Making a Difference Awards. We're trying to make a difference by featuring not-for-profits. Frankly, we're making a difference. So Amanda Missy, President and CEO, Bergen Volunteer Medical Initiative. I want to thank you so much not just for joining us, but for really helping a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You got it. We'll be right back right after this. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. All the way from beautiful Vermont, we have our good friend, Allie Richards, CEO of Let's Grow Kids, coming to us. This is part of our Reimagine Child Care Initiative. Allie, are you, in fact, in your parents' what, bedroom? You got it, Steve. It's <laughs> such a pleasure to be with you right from the parents' bedroom. Because guess what? I'm living it. I'm working it. I'm feeling it. I got two-year-old identical twin boys, as you know, Bo and Wesley, and they're upstairs now with my parents and my own grandmother. This is our COVID life. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's, that's a lot to unpack. This Reimagine Child Care Initiative we're doing in cooperation with our friends up in Vermont and also uh, with the support of the Terrell Fund. Let me ask you this. You, for those who don't know what Let's Grow Kids is, it's an initiative up in Vermont that is a national model. What is it? High quality, affordable childcare for all who need it in Vermont by 2025 or bust. Uh, and that's what I love talking with you about, Steve, in all that you're doing because, you know, we're getting it and the world is now get, getting it because of COVID. We all just got a front row seat. Childcare is so essential. It's not a nice to have, it's actually an absolute necessity. We can't reopen our economy without childcare. We can't support our working families without childcare. We can't expect to have citizens growing up with critical thinking skills and healthy relationships and a lifelong you know, foundation of health if we don't get this right. So Let's Grow Kids focused like a laser on that. This is our chance to, to really do one targeted thing, do it right, do it well, and enjoy the benefits we're all gonna receive when we get it done. You know, in some ways, Ali, as we tape this at the end of 2020, be seen in 2021, you're actually saying that COVID, as horrible as it has been, fingers crossed for the vaccine, you're saying that one of the positives has been the under, that the awareness and the understanding and the commitment to quality and affordable child care is real now and different than it's ever been before. You really believe that? Oh, I do. And we have to, right? I mean, look, what do we all crave right now? This has been such a challenging year, such a challenging year on every level for so many families, you know, and we crave solutions. We crave change, powerful, real change that we can come together around. Think about childcare, Steve. It's the thing, right? It's the thing that gets at our economic, you know, opportunity that gets us out of, you know, our response into recovery that allows us to reopen, to rebuild, you know, it's the thing that sits in the sweet spot of equity and anti-racism, everything we're talking about from that lens as well this year. So actually, you know, if you think, okay, what's the one thing that really goes up the pipeline? It's that root cause. We know it's this, right? And I will say too, it's, it's you know, it's within our power to change right now. Because when you, you know, everyone always says, right, well, if we would have had a chance to build it from the scratch, we would have built it differently. Here you go. We've been torn down. We can build it better. 
Let me see if I can make this connection. Tell me if I'm wrong. So the reimagined childcare graphics up because that's an initiative we're involved in. We're also involved in an initiative, an ongoing initiative called Confronting Racism, Institutional Racism. And dare I say a new initiative in 2021, Democracy at a Crossroads. Are they, is there a confluence, dare I use that multisyllabic word to say it's all coming together? Why, yeah, you started like this. Why does Let's for Kids exist? Why am I spending every waking hour when I'm not with my own children focused on this? Because issue? you it's lost not... your child care. I want to be clear. <laughs> That's right. Right? You lost That's your right. child care. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. That's right. Right. So I lost it because of COVID. Let me pause there for one second because here we are, you know. I'm the CEO of Let's Throw Kids. I've been working in childcare in a small state like Vermont for almost a decade now. And I couldn't find childcare until my kids were 11 months old. I had it for sweet six months and then boom, COVID hit, right? So, and, and it took me that long to find the first place. So let's for a second say, look, forget about COVID. What we need to understand is before this devastation, three out of five kids in Vermont did not have access to the childcare they needed. 30% of household income, for those lucky enough to find it, you're paying 30% of your household income more than almost anything there. And then to actually offer it, early educators making $13 an hour, no healthcare benefits on average, right? So, okay, this is really broken. And yet, like you said, what's the one thing that actually has the ability to change systemically from day one? The, you talked about our democratic process. You know what's really important there? It's not what you believe right or wrong. It's not about that. It's about critical thinking, understanding things for yourself, asking questions, examining it. You know what? By age five, you've baked your ability to have strong foundation for critical thinking. So you named it. That is another key one here. Yes, it hits at that. Yes, it hits at a lifelong of health, a lifelong of reading, writing, arithmetic of all of that. And we start to see skin color and, and change the way we act to people. Yeah as early as six months old. So again, think about the opportunity we have here, Steve, all these kids in their wonderful formation stages, supporting these young families, supporting their children with a compensated early educator who's valued and respected for what she, in most cases, does. Oof, that's powerful. You know, um, Allie, we're up in Vermont with you, Got about a few seconds left. It, it was life-changing for us as a production company connected to public broadcasting to be up with you and your colleagues at Vermont at the Terrell Day, Terrell Fund Day in you know, up in Vermont because they're interested in Vermont as well as in New Jersey. I look forward, even though this is fine, we'll do what we have to do remotely. <clears throat> I really look forward to us being together again in Vermont or in New Jersey, just being together, continuing our work and our mission to create greater public awareness around, around affordable, accessible childcare. Allie, all the best to you and your family and your twins um, and you're in your parents' bedroom. Thank you, Steve. It's <laughs> such a pleasure. Really appreciate it. It's an honor on our and all the best, Ali. I'm Steve Adubato. We'll be right back. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. We're pleased to be joined by uh, Stephen Gorlick, who is executive director of New Jersey Motion Picture and Television Commission. Steve, good to have you with us. My pleasure to be here. Tell everyone what the commission is and why it matters. We have been around since 1978, and we promote the film and television industry here in New Jersey. Uh, it matters because we're looking to create jobs here and to create uh, uh, economic benefit for the state and uh, to make the state an exciting place to be. 
Yeah, by the way, pre-COVID, we're doing this at the end of 2020. It'll be seen after that pre-COVID. Uh, the trail of the Chicago 7 saw it. Great stuff. Filmed in New Jersey, right? It was filmed in New Jersey. And uh, you know what? It was very uh, uh, pleasing to me because it's the first Philip Roth novel that I actually filmed in Philip Roth land. And I, I was waiting for that to happen. We were delighted about it. Yeah, The Plot Against America, HBO, right? That's the one. But also The Trail of the Chicago 7. Also, Joker. Joker, really? Was the Joker in Newark? Joker filmed in Newark and Jersey City. Yeah. And, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah, they, they, they filmed the big sequences towards the end. Uh, well, throughout the movie, uh, big, big like the, 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 that climactic scene was filmed in Newark, and then they did some very big scenes in Jersey City, uh, uh, and they used it to represent New York uh, uh, as they envisioned it, sort of like in the 70s. Let me ask you, how has COVID impacted the work of the uh, New Jersey Motion Picture and Television Commission in attracting films, television uh, to the state? Well, we were going great guns uh, since 1978 when the tax, uh, excuse me, since 2018, since the um, tax credit uh, came into effect, uh, it, which leveled the playing field. By the way, explain to folks what that is. We're talking about the film and digital media tax credit program. Right. What is it, that program? It's a program that provides tax credits to production companies filming in the state if they meet certain qualifications. And uh, the idea is to promote more filmmaking here so that we gain uh, employment, uh, economic development, people spending money here and create uh, the growth of permanent infrastructure. And when, uh, you know, New Jersey has all the advantages. I mean, we have the locations and we have the talent pools second to none. Uh, the cooperation has been fantastic. Uh, but once we level the playing field, because prior to that, you had, you know, Pennsylvania with $70 million a year in tax credits. You had uh, New York with uh, almost a quarter of $420 million a year in tax credits. You had Connecticut on cap. So there, it was really a little bit, the, the playing field needed to be leveled. Once uh, uh, the legislature and, and, and Governor Murphy did that, it opened the floodgates. To give you an example, prior to uh, 2018, the, when the tax credit uh, began, uh, we were getting about $67 million a year in revenue for New Jersey from filmmaking. In the first full year of the tax credit, 2019, it jumped to 420 million. In answer to your question about the pandemic, yes, it brought the production industry to a halt around the world, um, but it, 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 it was only temporary. I, yeah, yeah, for half a year, the industry had closed down just about everywhere. And then we had, you know, just some very small production shooting here, but they're back in full force right now. Stephen, let me ask you this. Um, the folks at the New Jersey Economic Development Authority and also Choose New Jersey, very committed to attracting, um, keeping film and television activity here. It's big business for the state. How important is it that government and quasi-government entities like Choose New Jersey are really committed to this whole area? Because you can't do it alone. Well, the important thing is that, uh, the most important thing, it's great to have a tax credit, but if you don't have cooperation from the state, from the government entities, 
then you're dead in the water. It's it, it's it's nice to be able to attract them with a tax credit, but you've got to be able to get the cooperation from the cities and the towns. And certainly, the state has helped us with that. Choose New Jersey, all those organizations, and and the, the cooperation here is extraordinary. Today, as we speak right now in Newark, they're shooting scenes from the CBS TV series The Equalizer. They've closed down uh, Washington Street. They're doing stunts there and such. Uh, and and you know, without the cooperation of the mayor, uh, Mayor Barack has been fantastic amongst the. the many mayors we work with. Uh, and, and that's the kind of cooperation you get here in New Jersey that you don't get everywhere in the country. Well, I got about uh, 30 seconds left. It, but it, it is, yes, I know, because we have a lot in Montclair, my hometown. Yes, it can be disruptive in the neighborhood. We get all that. But the, the advantages far outweigh whatever inconvenience, if you want to call it that. Is that a fair assessment? I don't want to promote what you're doing, but it seems lo logical to me. I think it's a very fair assessment. You're talking about uh, one TV series can film here 22 episodes or 16 episodes or whatever and spend 50, 60 million dollars in the state during one season. I mean, they're they're spending money, you know, they're, they're required to spend the money here in order to get a tax credit. So all the merchants are getting it. All the, the employment is shot up. I got to have lunch somewhere. And hey, listen, Stephen Gerlich, I want to thank you, the uh, executive director of New Jersey Motion Picture and Television Commission. Stephen, I want to thank you all the best. And uh, we'll keep watching film and television made right here in the Garden State. I'm Steve Adubato. You got it. We'll catch you next time. Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been a production of the Caucus Educational Corporation. Funding has been provided by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, Valley Bank, the Turrell Fund, supporting Reimagine Child Care. PSE&G, the Russell Berry Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Johnson & Johnson, and by Caldwell University. Promotional support provided by NJ.com and by BestofNJ.com. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too.